0: Do you want to know how to go from dreaming to done? Do you want to make big changes in your life, maybe even in your business, and you're wondering how the heck can you start over, pivot, and do something completely different? Or are you just really hanging out to have amazing mentors in your life so that you can forge ahead in business and in life with the support and the knowledge and the wisdom that you need? If that all sounds awesome to you, we're covering all of that in today's episode of the Untapped Podcast. Hi, I'm Natalie Sisson, an entrepreneur, best selling author, speaker, host of this Untapped Podcast, and a lover of handstands and dogs. I've spent over a decade building successful businesses I love and teaching others to do the same. I want to help you tap into your unlimited potential and make the income and impact you desire simply by being you. In fact, I'm on a mission to help 1000 women earn at least $10,000 a month and contribute at least 1% of their revenue to causes that they truly care about so that together we can create a ripple effect in this world. So if that sounds like you and you're on board to learn how to make the mindset shifts you need to have the business success you want and the lifestyle that you desire, then this is the podcast for you. My guest today is Kelsey Chapman. She's an author, a community builder, an online educator, and host of the Radiant podcast. And she wholeheartedly believes that dreams are worth pursuing. And she's passionate about teaching women how to walk with purpose in their gifts and live from a place of identity and rest so that we can all carry our dreams and vision for the long haul. Now, after a few years of fumbling her way through postgrad life and a brief stint overseas, Kelsey realized that her entrepreneurial itch wasn't going away. She came home, got to work, and turned a part-time blog and side hustle into a multi-six-figure business in just two years. From there, she realized her business-savvy traits and desire to empower others could be translated into something way bigger through teaching everything she's learned with others. In just four years, she's mentored hundreds of clients and thousands of students through building their brand, growing their platform, and stewarding their influence. And today, Kelsey plays the role of personal cheerleader, which I love because I consider myself a cheerleader too, to an engaged audience of 100,000 followers. She's a host of the Radiant podcast and she empowers and equips women through that podcast, her dream to done online mentorship program, and most recently her book, What They Taught Me, recognizing the mentors who will take you from dream to done. In this episode, we talk all about that massive pivot that she took a few years back and leaving her multi-six-figure business to start over, what she's doing now and how she's completely transformed the way in which she does business so that she's not overwhelmed and doing it all herself to actually having a team on board and the one thing that it took her to shift to get there. We also talk about mentorship and why it's so damn important to have mentors in your life and how you can go about asking people and enrolling them to be your mentors. And finally, we talk about what being a misfit in your industry actually looks like, and how you can create a seat at your own table, rather than waiting for others to let you join theirs. So, without further ado, let's dive in. Kelsey Chapman, welcome to the Untapped Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I am super excited to have you here and jam on so many topics that I think are probably dear to both our hearts. At the time of recording this as well, we're both in book launch mode. So 2021 is going to be a big year for both of us and I'm sure many others. But first off, I would love for you to share, how do you tap into your potential and get paid to be you? Woo! well, man,
1: (laughs) I will do my best to answer that question. But, you know, I think for me, my journey of tapping into my potential has been a long road. I have really had to do a lot of mindset work, in order to tap into my potential. And so it's taken me quite a while to really get to a place where I've felt tapped in. I've been earning income since I got started, but I didn't always feel tapped in. And so I think for me, I am not really a perfectionist. My philosophy is release it into the world and then perfect it along the way. And so that's really how I got started getting paid to do what I love, but the tap again came along the way with a lot of mindset work.
0: Nice. And we can totally talk on that. So what is it that you (laughs) currently do? Because I'd love to sort of give you people a snapshot of where you are now, but also what got you to there?
1: Absolutely. So I, I run an agency called Radiant Media. I help small business owners, podcasters pitch themselves to other shows, to get publicity. I launched that out of a place of realizing these huge agencies were charging five, $6,000 a month for six month contracts and pitching you to shows. And I was like, wait, if they're getting you on stages or traditional press, that's worth its weight in gold. But if it's just to pitch you to a podcast show, it can be done at a more ethical or affordable rate. And so That's where Radiant Media came in. I also just wrote a book about mentorship and, and just a creative and marketing strategist in general. So, if someone has a marketing problem, I am queen problem solver and I love to help people figure out how to put their
0: brand out there. I love that. And so, do you have within that, because I know the podcast pitching niche has become huge, it's exploded over the last, I would say, even two to three years. And you're right, there's people who charge the earth for it. And then there's others who are just genuinely there to get your voice out. And being on podcasts is such a great way for people to learn more about you, hopefully fall in love with who you are, come across out, find out more about you and become a super fan. But there's also so many different ways that you can go about doing it. So what brought you to that point? Obviously, your love of marketing, you have a podcast yourself, but what was some of the journey along the way to getting there? I just wanted to know. So
1: from the get go, ever since I got started, I am in it for scrappy marketers. You know, it's really (laughs) nice when we all have $600,000 a year to run on ads, but that is unlikely for someone getting started. And so I'm like, how does someone put themselves out there? How do they gain exposure on a normal person's budget or a normal business's budget? And so that first took iteration with the shape of an Instagram growth agency. For four years, I ran this Instagram agency that helped people grow. And I served over 50 clients a month. I've had my hands on over 500 accounts and thousands of students. But in the last year, Instagram really has taken a different shape. And to grow there, you need to run ads. And so for Mm -hmm. the most part, you can join giveaways or you can hope to go viral. But for the most part, to grow, you're going to have to pay to play. And I did not want to be a part of that. I knew that my my calling is not to be an ads manager. You really have to have a unique personality and be comfortable with a lot of risk and other people's money involved to do that. And there are people super duper cut out for that. It's not me. (laughs) So I started thinking through, okay, what's another way people can get exposure and build their platform, share their radiant message with the world? And how can I help them get in front of the people they want to get in front of? And, you know, I run a podcast, so it was right in front of me. I was seeing these pitches come through every day with my name spelled wrong, pitching men for my show when I don't even have men on my show, you know? And I was like, I know these customers are spending a lot of money for someone to offer them this service there's got to be a better way. And so that is kind of where I started developing Radiant Media. I actually tried to give it away to so many. I'm like, here's my database of podcasts to pitch to. I don't want to do this. But as I started to systematize it and build a team, I was like, okay, I can do this because I know it serves the customer in a way they need. And it gets them better results than what they've currently been able to get. And so that is I tried and wrestled against even releasing this offer into the world. And here we are a year later.
0: I love that you tried to resist and give it away for free, but when people are calling out for it and it just feels like a natural path, especially as a podcaster myself, I've been on the receiving end of so many of those pitches, both excellent and super poor and completely off sometimes. And other times it's just amazing when they hit it on the nose. Like they really genuinely have built a relationship with you. I have great guests. They know how to market them. It just makes my job a lot easier as well to be able to say yes.
1: Podcasters want great referrals for guests. I love it when an excellent guest shows up in my inbox. I'm like, yes, here's my scheduling link. But you know, there's also those doozies, the pitches. And so that's kind of the inspiration behind it all. Yeah, hundred percent.
0: So I'd love to also know, you know, along with this pivot in your business to do that from being this Instagram marketer and helping all those clients into this. I think it really shows the variety of things that you can lend your hand to when you, one, generously want to help people, two, love marketing, three, love like helping people with visibility because, you know, there's podcasting, there's vlogging, there's blogging, there's speaking. There's so many ways that you can kind of get yourself out there. So for you, it's kind of like you could turn your hand to so many of those things. As could I actually? I've definitely had thoughts in the past of running agencies around helping people build their online business. But what I really like that you said early on is, for example, ads management is just not for me. It's not my personality. It's not where I want to be. And I really wish more people would tune into that rather than maybe seeing an opportunity that is great, but not for them and either partner with somebody who it's perfect for or generously give that idea to a person that would be really good at it. Because I do think a lot of people get stuck in businesses where over time, their clients ask them for more and more things, especially the agency service model. And suddenly they're doing the stuff that doesn't light their fire, isn't in their wheelhouse, sucks the living daylight out of them, and makes them miserable. And that's not what we want to be a business for. Have you seen some of that yourself?
1: Oh, yeah, I've been yeah. there. You know, the <laughs> reason why I really tried to give away the podcast pitching agency idea because. With service-based businesses, you have to have boundaries. And I did not have boundaries until last year. <laughs> and so I you know, ran this Instagram agency and people are particularly obsessed with their numbers. And so I would answer our emails at midnight or text messages or Facebook messenger messages, you name it, however someone wanted to get in contact with me. Oh, you're having a crisis with your Instagram. Let me help you. And my own lack of boundaries led to me resenting and totally hating my own business. And kind of that constant push of like, well, if you can do this, can you do that? And one thing I've been learning is competency is different than flow. And for me, I can become competent in a lot of things, especially if it's marketing. Like I love learning marketing, but it doesn't mean I'm flowing when I do it and I'm working from flow. And so I think my own hard lessons with my agency and how burnt out I was by the end of it was exactly what made me resistant to building a second iteration of an agency. But I was able to say, okay, I think it was my lack of boundaries, my lack of systems that cultivated my resentment towards it. How do I do better this time around? And so far, so good. It's felt so much more effortless. My body doesn't hurt all over every day from stress. I mean, I was having some serious health effects from how I ran round one. Yeah. And so it's been interesting to see a different iteration, which is some simple boundaries.
0: Yeah. And thank you for sharing that. And honestly, because I know you built that agency to a multiple six figure and then to just kind of, I guess, walk away from it for both your sanity and your health is is huge and putting you first and then starting from scratch. (laughs) So I love that you put boundaries in place because that's never actually been my problem. I must admit, early on, I realized how quickly I'd become burnout if I didn't set them. And I think a lot of my friends and peers say, you have really good boundaries. I was like, yeah, because they're super important to me. However, there's lots of other areas where I think we were chatting just before we recorded that even earlier this week, I was like, had a moment of feeling like really tired and then going, hang on a minute, I don't this work that I get to do, I get to focus on the stuff that I love doing, the business coaching, the mentoring, and the creating. And my team is now in flow where they can pick up a lot of those pieces and help me with it. And I suddenly felt like this burden lift off my shoulders and go, yeah, it's not all about you having to do this anymore. Um, You've built this team for a reason, you just have to get better and better at delegating to them and actually helping them own the project. So I love that you said that about just recognizing the things in your business that weren't. And flow and weren't working for you and this time around creating systems and automation that really allow you to just be in that place of flow so what changed for you and what have you implemented to get to that place I'm sure a lot of people are going tell me the secrets I mean we could jam on this a lot but I'd love to know from you personally oh. what did you do because why I ask that is that sometimes it's hard when you've come from running an agency a certain way it's too easy to sometimes just go straight into another thing with those same habits routines processes so what changed?
1: the habits, I mean, you hit on it right there. I mean, it is so hard to not slip back into old patterns of like, Mm -hmm. well, this is just how I've always done it. Mm -hmm. Uh, But because (laughs) I, I really was so resistant. I was kind of like, okay, I was, I was the bottleneck to my own business at that time. So how do I build this differently from the beginning? And that really meant hiring someone before I felt ready because, It's scary to all of a sudden allocate your funds to something other than your business's bank account or your personal bank account if you've done it all yourself. And I think every entrepreneur is probably going to do it themselves at the beginning because we often don't start out with unlimited funds. And so I just did it far too long with my first agency. I mean, I did it like the first two years before I hired someone, my arms would hurt to my elbow every day from being on Instagram. I developed a cyst on my wrist. That was just huge from being on Instagram. And so this time around, I was like, I'm going to hire from the beginning. I'm going to have a goal to get one extra client that I don't need to cover the cost of hiring Mm -hmm. someone on a monthly retainer. And it was the best decision I could have made because now she has been with me through developing every system for the agency. And also she will really allow me to move out of it and her be a project manager with the contractors underneath her. And so that's been really helpful, but scary. You know, like I I, was hiring someone, which for me, a, a very safe start was a VA who has six other clients and is, I'm only responsible for 20 hours of her income. You know, I'm not responsible For a full-time salary, because that felt scary. You know, I really, I really take that seriously. Bringing someone on my team—that's their family. They're making money for them. When they take work with me, Mm -hmm. they're saying no to someone else, and so I want to be able to pay them. You know, and so I, I think anyone making their first hire can relate to that. Or if they're, if they know it might be a benefit to them for them to hire, but it feels scary financially. I get it. That was me, but it it really changed everything from the beginning.
0: I love that way of thinking as well. If I get one more client on, then that pays for that retainer, which is a really, really neat way to think about it. And also hiring before you're ready. So scary, but so important because it allows you, as you said, to train them up in the systems, have them create some of the systems for you to strategize with somebody else, not just be in your own bubble. And then to also have them take ownership of that, which is, delightful and so freeing. So I'm super thrilled that you did that. And I hope everybody listening is like, okay, I got it. And the other point there around a virtual assistant, you know, I think this is huge. This is the biggest learning lesson I've had. I've taken the whole of 2020 to build my dream team with remarkably awesome results and some epic failures along the way. And I think the biggest thing for me was finally hiring a digital business manager or an online business manager, whichever one you want to call it, they actually become the operational steward of your business they're like the CEO's right-hand woman or man whoever it may be and they're just they actually will take over some of the hiring they'll create the systems you can just they want your business to succeed as much as you do and that is a difference between that person and a VA especially when you find the right one so Lauren has been a godsend for me and it's also just really helped me shape and sit back and go oh I've got a team now like we can be even more powerful together we can produce more we can go further it really feels like a team. So I'm sure you're getting that same feeling. And I just want to hammer that home to people listening, like the scrimping and saving and I can't afford it is going to do your head in and leave you exactly where you were this year in a year's time from now, unless you start playing that bigger game and really investing in yourself and and smart people.
1: Yeah. You know, I think when I took the leap and, and similar to you, Raven has a lot of OBM qualities. I knew that I don't enjoy management. I enjoy vision casting. So if this becomes some huge thing I have to manage constantly, it's not going to be life-giving. What's life-giving is interviewing the client and pulling out the gold of their message and making sure that gold gets in front of the right people. But everything in between that, that's all management and details. I don't particularly enjoy. And so how can I bring someone on my team that loves those details, that thrives in that role? And we're a dream team together. And, and I always use this analogy, like I don't, none of us open a restaurant in our local community and expect to break even the first month. You know, we think it's probably going to be six months before we break even. And I'm not suggesting someone go in debt to hire a team, but it might just be worth it to reformat our mindsets a little bit of like, we're going to have to spend money to make money. And to do this in a healthy way, it might look like
0: having at least one team member early on
1: to help us get it done.
0: Yeah, totally. So I would love to know, you've written a book on mentorship. Obviously, having a great mentor or mentors is probably one of the most incredibly valuable things you can do for your business when you don't always have all the answers, when you just want somebody to validate that you're on the right track to guide you on kind of where they were at, at that same stage of business. So how important has having mentors been for you?
1: Oh my gosh, it has been a game changer. I've always been a girl who loves mentors. I mean, I'm the weirdo who's like, you're crushing it and how you're a mom. Can we get coffee? <laughs> but that also translated into how I run a business. I want feedback. I want accountability. I want someone to see the gaps that I don't see because they've walked miles ahead of me, and they might notice something that I don't. And so early on, similar to my personal life, I sought out mentors in my business. And one thing that can be different than our personal lives and finding a mentor, we often don't pay a mentor to, you know, teach us how to be a good friend or a good mom or a good partner. But it is appropriate to pay a mentor. In the business space, because they're probably investing in someone to mentor them and they're helping us shortcut the distance to better businesses that equals saved dollars. So I really believe in investing in a business mentor. My mentors, Amber and Anne have changed the way I do business. They've modeled business for me and they have been there in the mountaintop moments in the $20,000 months and the valleys where it went to zero overnight. And so I think by inviting them in and the mountaintop moments I also had the relational equity built for them to walk with me through the valley moments and it's been everything.
0: I love that. I also had a visual of you even though I don't know you very well of having like those elated moments and then the blubbering into a tissue moment when it hit zero just going, "Help, what do I do?" I mean and I think oh, that's the beauty. Yeah, the beauty of mentors and coaches is they see the highs and the lows and they're there with you along the way and they've always got great suggestions or sometimes they just ask the deep probing questions to get to the why of why is this really happening? And I think that is so, so invaluable. So obviously in your book, you probably share a lot about those stories and how helpful it is. But for people who are listening who have long thought about this and maybe they're finally going to pull finger and find some mentors, do you want to share just a couple of your top tips for doing this, especially for people who, shy and don't know how to ask. I mean, imagine also with the podcast pitching that you do, it's not dissimilar in making it a win-win for the person that you're reaching out to, but I'd love to hear from you.
1: Totally. Well, I love exactly what you just said about making it a win-win for the people you're reaching out to. So for me, I always offer to serve that mentor in some way. If they're going to give me their time, their hard-earned wisdom that they probably learned the long, hard way, I want to serve them. So if it's in life, maybe it's coming over while they're folding laundry and helping them. Or if you're going out to coffee or dinner, I buy it. I try to ask about their lives because it's lonely at the top. It doesn't mean your mentor's at the top. But a lot of the times I know in my own mentoring journey, there's people who come and they just want to be mentored. And there are people who come and they ask about me, how's your husband? How's your big move across the country? I'm a lot more open with the people who simply think about me a little bit. Gosh, other, if it's in business, business mentors of mine, even if I've paid them, I've still asked, I'm great at digital marketing and I know that. How can I give back to your team? What can I share with you? What service can I do for you that's a little bit more than just paying them? And that has always paid off. I mean, my mentors, I think, recognized early on that I'm not just there to be a taker and I'm there to give back to them. And I think that speaks volumes to them. Now I've never approached it like a stage five clinger. Don't be a weirdo, but (laughs) if you just give back from a natural, not forced place, it really goes a long way. And I think one last thing, expectations, you know, Marie Forleo is probably not going to be many of our mentors. Oprah, probably not going to be our mentor. You know, like, I think that even if we found our way into those people's lives, they're busy. They probably don't have time to be our personal mentor. You know who might have time? The person who's not overloaded with everyone asking them to be their mentor. And they're probably just as good at it. They probably Mm -hmm. have more to give. And so I think just shifting the expectation that like your mentor has to be the pinnacle of success in whatever facet of life you're asking them to mentor. Maybe it's, you know, you're, you're probably not going to ask the mayor of your city to be your mentor. They don't have time. They have people in their lives that are already in their lives that they're mentoring, but that, you know mom of one of your best friends that you've seen walk a really healthy life in her career and her family and her friendships for 40 years. I want to learn from that person. She might not be famous, but she obviously is thriving. So what can I learn from her? And that I think will serve people well expectation wise.
0: Yeah, I really love that actually looking for people in your peer network, your friends and family who you really admire, who maybe they don't have it all together, but they have certain aspects of their life where they're just thriving. And you're like, I want a piece of that. How did you do it? Also, I think on that, you know, Oprah and Marie Folio front, they can still be your mentors through their podcasts and their videos. And I okay. think for a lot of people, you can build your personal mentor network through, you know, for example, TED Talks and podcasts and people who you dial into every single week, hopefully us as well. who will teach you something, inspire you, help you, challenge you, etc. So even if you're not direct contact with them, I still think that's a form of mentoring. If you kind of embrace them as your personal teacher that you get to tune into weekly. And then your actual mentors that you approach, and I love that you pay them or offer them something in return, because it is really lovely and a privilege to be asked to mentor people, especially when people ask in a really great way but also respecting their time and the amount of people that they might have asking. So I, I really love that you value that. And most people that I know who have asked in the past to help with something or just sit down and buy them lunch and ask them really specific questions, they've always appreciated that, I guess, that strategic focus. of I've got three areas, are you able to help me with these? Or I've got one big question. Can you help me with it? Because it's less of their, I'm going to dump everything on you and <laughs> I hope that you will come up with a game plan for me. Do you do that as well with mentors? Are you quite kind of like specific about your asks?
1: Yeah. You know, for instance, some of the, you know, more soft skills mentors I've had, you know, business, it's easy to be like, that's a hard skill or a, you know, a more firm ask. So I'm probably going to pay them. But like a friend's mom who was a killer mother and partner, I was like, I just want to learn from her could we grab coffee? It was kind of a a very loose ask. It wasn't as zipped up and strategic, but I specifically did point out like, Hey, your kids really actually enjoy being around you. And that is an accomplishment. You know, you have grown children who enjoy you teach, you know? And so I wasn't like strategic necessarily with it, but I did point out what I loved about her And I also made it clear, like, I don't expect you to be perfect. There's probably other areas of your life that you're not crushing it in. And that's fine. No one is perfect, but you are really thriving in this department. And and you've modeled that for me. And I want to point that out in the least weird way, because asking someone to be your mentor can also be like the very worst part of dating (laughs) because some are not fits for you or they might Mm -hmm. say no or not have the capacity. And it's not personal. It's just kind of like the very worst parts of dating.
0: Yeah, I love that. That's a really, really valid point to talk about. So thank you for that. And good luck for your book. So it's called, do you want to share a little bit about it? it's called What they taught me, recognizing
1: the mentors who will take you from dream to done. It's stories from my life, from women who have invested in me and what they've passed down to me. But I think if you dive in, what you'll find in there is that you realize you're also capable of investing in someone because as mentors, we don't need to have it all figured out. We just need to be a few steps ahead, the woman or man walking behind us. And so if we're always reaching forward and learning and then always reaching backwards and giving back, we're going to go further together. And I, my life has been changed by the women who have invested in me. And so I really believe that,
0: yeah. that
1: together women investing in women will change the world.
0: Oh, I'm so there with you. That's part of my mission. And I'm so glad you said that we're so much stronger together and we can go so much further, which brings me to, I'd love for you to discuss with me or share with me a little bit about being a misfit in your industry, instead of waiting for a seat at the table, building your own, because this really intrigued me when we're talking about this before the interview and just Really thinking that through when you're building a business, when you're making a name for yourself, when you're niching down, when you are wanting to set yourself apart from other people and when you're wanting to make a stand. So do you want to talk a little bit more about that and your thoughts behind it? Yeah, I think,
1: you know, for me, I find myself straddling kind of two different spaces, this online business space and then this like speaker, author, nonprofit space. And they're two very different worlds. And I actually found the speaker-author world to be more clicky than the online space. I thought online would be a little more cutthroat. It's business. Like, I might need to step on you to get to the top. I would never operate from that philosophy. I just expected that from not everyone, but other people. I actually found it more in the other sphere I operate in, and it took me a while You know, often I can usually find a seat at the table, like I can kind of charm my way in or, you know, really give a lot to finally get that seat at the table. And I found myself getting a seat there and being like, I don't know if I want to be at this table. These people aren't nice right? (laughs) and we don't share the same values. Now, that's doing a little bit of disservice to those people. If they are nice, they're just misaligned for me. I just so badly wanted a seat there. And then I realized this isn't what I actually want. So why not just build my own table of people that have aligned values as me? Maybe we're not the most popular kids in the lunchroom, but I am full and my life feels you know, in sync. And it feels like the people I'm in conversation with are reflecting back my values. And that feels just like a better fit. Like when you put an outfit on that fits just right, then trying to force it with people that aren't aligned. And I, I think that's a hard lesson for all of us. Cause we, we go into whatever industry we're in and we see the cool kids and we want to be at that table, but sometimes you might get to that. Ta- it, it doesn't mean they're not awesome. But sometimes you just get to that table and you're like, this is not a fit for me. And so building my own table has been a lot more about cultivating a life and collaborating with people I'm super duper aligned with and not worrying if I don't get the invite to that big conference or that shiny mastermind or whatever.
0: Yeah, I really love that. Forging your own path and along with that kind of dream team that I talked about at the beginning is that dream mentor team where you get to sort of go out and choose which people you want in your life and which tables you want to sit at or as you said, create your own table, put some tasty treats on it, maybe some lovely drinks and invite people to be there. I really like that because it's much more personal to you and you're being much more intentional about it. And I think we probably all made those mistakes in the past of of kind of looking at You know, the group of people, and oh, I want to be in there with them. And then when you get there, you realize it's actually not all it's cracked up to be. I actually prefer hanging with these people over here because they're more my style. We have the same values, we're going in the same path and directions. And yeah, we care about people and we care about the world and we stand for something. So, really love that you say that for people who are listening once again. This is really important, actually, I think, because you can get swayed by so many things, especially online. There's all this media and content coming at you all the time. All these different ways for people to do stuff, and you have to pick your own path and make a stand for what's important to you. Oh, in like fact, just wow. even yesterday, I saw a cool black guy who's obviously made it huge in the online marketing world saying that he was retiring. And I was like, Good for you, dude. Like, he put all this stuff up for a super, super sale. And he said, I'm, I'm retiring from all this, but I'll still be there giving each week. Like, I still want to go live each week and share value. But he's not going to be selling or focusing on any of those things anymore. No more affiliate marketing, all this stuff, because wow. he'd obviously made enough that he was like, there's other things I want to focus on in my life. And I just really appreciated that. I was like, I'd love to see more people doing that. Like I'm hanging up my boots or I'm, I'm moving into a different area or, you know, maybe permaculture or spirituality or yoga has now become my thing. And I really appreciate when people take a complete pivot or change and go after something that really has a lot more meaning to them, even if it means starting over. Obviously it's, it's more useful when you've got lots of money behind you, but I feel that you can do that at any stage, especially if you're if it's aligned and you're passionate about it. So thank you for, for sharing that. I think it's really, really important. Thank you for having
1: me. Yeah. I mean, I echo that even if you don't have all the money in the world when I started over, my husband was still in college and you know, a barista, so Aww. I did not have a sugar daddy to <laughs> help me start over, it was on me. And yeah. so, it, but you got
0: great coffees, right?
1: It was, I did get
0: free coffee, <laughs> I
1: missed that, but you know, I think I was really scared. But once I did it, I was like, Oh, I can do this, and I will never stay in something that makes me miserable again because of the money, because even though it is scary to start over, any of us can do it, you know, we can make yes. it work.
0: So yeah hundred percent. Thank you so much for being here on the show. Where is the best place for people to reach out to you and thank you for sharing. And also to find out more about you and your new book.
1: Yes. Just come find me on Instagram at Kelse Chapman. Everything's linked up right
0: there. And thank you so much for having me today. It was a total joy. It's been wonderful. Thanks so much. Well, I really hope you enjoyed my conversation with Kelsey and that you got a lot out of it. Maybe you're thinking about mentors that you can approach. Maybe you're dreaming on that big picture vision that you had for yourself and your business. And now you feel more inclined than ever to actually give it a shot. And why the heck not? I mean, 2020, if you're listening to this episode in this year, has thrown so much at us. And it's definitely been the year that most people didn't expect. So what about creating a new year with a new you and maybe a new point of difference and a new flow and a new way of being. You can check out Kelsey at KelseyChapman.com. All of this will be in the show notes over at episode 94 of the Untapped Podcast. And you can just head to NatalieSisson.com forward slash podcast to find that episode. By the way, I would love for you to check out that page. We have recently redesigned it. It looks hot. Your reviews are on there. We've got close to 400 reviews now. For this podcast. And we've just decided to just really make a stand for more people listening into the Untapped podcast, more people sharing it. The downloads are going nuts. It's just super exciting. And one more thing on that I just found out that this podcast was in the self help health category, which is so bizarre that it ended up in there. So now that I've switched it over into entrepreneurship and marketing and business, I'm really hoping that more people will find this and you can play your part if you enjoy this. Podcast by just sharing this episode with a friend. Share it from your podcast player. Head across to natalie forward slash podcast and just share that link on Facebook, on Instagram. Tag me on Instagram at natalie sisson if you're loving listening to an episode because I've been getting so much increased engagement and feedback on the show and it really means a lot to me. And it drives me to turn up and produce better podcasts, have even more amazing guests on, and to just deliver so that you can tap into your potential. Get paid to be you and make the income and impact you deserve. Thanks so much for listening and I can't wait to speak to you next week.